0: This is a brunch pre-Oscars mini-podcast that contains spoilers, but we can't imagine you care if you haven't seen the movie and you're afraid of what, Pete? Spoilers. There's no way you would logically seek out a what? Movie. Podcast about the movie. Yeah. Let us begin. Once Once upon a time time in Hollywood, Hollywood, a.k.a. I I heard heard there's a a twist, twist, a.k.a. I bought. A A cigarette cigarette dipped dipped in acid. acid. Brad Pitt pops that top. I fought Bruce Lee. And finally, feet, 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 feet. feet. That's what you think, though. Uh, (laughs) A.K.A. I had a daughter with Ethan Hawke. She is in this movie. A.K.A. Bad Times at... The Dalton, Dalton residence, <laughs> aka I, I forgot, forgot Emil Hirsch, Hirsch is in this, this movie. movie, aka totally, totally forgot about Emil Hirsch, Hirsch entirely. entirely. Shout out Emil Hirsch, Hirsch. Well, aka. that's problematic. Why? Oh, is Emil Emile Hirsch? C- canceled. was canceled.
1: Oh, he was canceled? He, uh, he choked out a female executive oh, at a Jesus, Hollywood that's party. That's right.
0: All right, just got one quick okay. two parter. Well, uh, please
1: go on to avoid divert yeah. from that.
0: I heard, I heard an insufficient, insufficient number of lines from, from Margot, Margot Robbie Roddy and <laughs> asked Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino about it. AKA, he rejected my hypothesis. my hypothesis. Once upon a time in Hollywood is Quentin Tarantino's love letter to late nineteen sixties Hollywood. Everything's a love letter now, by the yeah. way. I didn't. I I didn't think that when I jotted that down. Everything now is a love letter. Beyonce's. Did you? Did you come up with that yourself though? Well, I just, that's what like, you would call this movie. Yeah, I it's just think you stole letter. that from somewhere. Oh, I'm sure someone, I'm sure that during the, we should do uh, uh, Oscar's prop bet, will Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, or will a, a movie letter. be referred to as a love letter? I would take those,
1: I mean, it would be significant odds. Oscar Uh,
0: odds are always significant, so this would be, like, minus (laughs) 4,000. Yes. For yes, yeah. It's definitely going to be referred to as a love letter. Anyway, it's Quentin Tarantino's love letter to late 1960s Hollywood. It follows fictional actor Rick Dalton struggling to stay relevant and is set in the final days, weeks, months of Sharon Tate's life. Dalton's stunt double, Cliff Booth, a rough-around-the-edges yank, serves as Dalton's driver and borderline caretaker because Rick is a big old puddle. That is true. That's, I That's think it's a pretty...
1: I have one, one, one factual error in the uh, that synopsis.
0: That he's literally not I heard, a puddle?
1: I heard there's a twist.
0: Ooh, there you go. Well, if you're afraid of spoilers, can't imagine you'd logically seek out a podcast talking about it. Uh, anyway... This is a love letter. <laughs> I think what I'm trying... Oh, by the way, I, miss- I misspoke. This is Quentin Tarantino's love letter to late 1990s. Oh, uh, yes. And- yes, that's correct. Yeah. Just, so, uh, not to be mistaken
1: with uh, Ford versus Ferrari, which is about the that's 1990- love letter to 96 1996...
0: That's a 1996 So, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, they're just going to Tower Records... Uh, just a lot of like going
1: throughout your Root,
0: day, rooting for going to Tower Records, uh, rooting for the Lakers. <laughs> what else do you do in the nineties? Like
1: catch up on the,
0: the hip hop feuds, lot the, of, the East Coast West yep. Coast hip hop feuds. A lot of TRL mm-hmm. on three hours after everybody. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's right. Going to tapings of uh, the, the The Tonight Show was in California back then. I think. Uh, how All about, how about like were, The Price is Right? Price is Right, big time. Price uh, is Right tapings. Big
1: time tapings in in, California. Sharon Tate goes,
0: but she never gets called to come on down. Ooh. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Quentin Tarantino hates Margot Robbie. (laughs) That's true. Can't let her get any lines in. So in all seriousness, this movie falls into the category of the classics that came from this year. I think that I really, really loved this movie when I first saw it. And as as, I I did, I remember thinking it was like, I don't know if I would say really, really loved I thought it was, I loved it. I thought it was really good. And I remember it was, I thought it was one of the the better movies at that point, but I was like, as more stuff comes out, maybe it'll get knocked down. So as more things came out and we, we saw really, really good movies, I just naturally kind of put it in the five to six ish range for me of the best pick noms. Having rewatched it and having rewatched a bunch of the best pick noms now, I'll tell you what, I've got this as high as, we're not going to reveal our, when are we going to reveal our final rankings, The the for the week's podcast? You think? Yeah, this week, yeah. Okay. Um, I've got it as high as number two, wow, no worse on. than number four. I mean, I think two to four fi- is like a, yeah, I think sweet spot.
1: I think it would probably end up in there for me, but I, I, I don't know if I'm going to go, I, I'm definitely not going to go to, I know my one, two punch,
0: you know, you're number two. So you are your one, two parasite in 1917, right? My one is locked in parasite and then my two through four, 1917 little women. Um, and once upon a time in Hollywood and every five seconds, I'm shuffling them. I just watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again though and I died of a charm attack.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I just I rewatched the first hour and hour and fifteen minutes of it and like I've I've always liked the movie and and uh it never totally like knocked my socks off in, in the sense that like this is the best movie of the year or whatever. Well like, then it didn't do its job. Why? This
0: movie's all about no socks. <laughs>
1: That's true. If there's one thing, if you Britain got socks Tarantino on wants after to
0: this, do, <laughs> Tarantino rejects your hypothesis. That's, that's
1: very true. I, I, I'm firmly locked in with it being like number three for me.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Though. Yeah, no, that's it's, like, it's a right. really
1: good thing, especially in a strong year. But it was never like this movie is amazing. This movie changed my life. I will say, I do think that it's a movie that will probably age super well, definitely, and, and like get better the more times you watch it. Like I've heard from a bunch of people that like the more that you watch it like the more you take away from the dynamics between the characters the more you take away from like just certain scenes and i oh, got yeah. that in the first like hour and 15 minutes i was like i don't i didn't remember this scene cuz there's so much to take in the first time that you watch it and uh, like my rewatch as far as it's going now like i'm really enjoying it
0: dude wait until you get to the final the final act of this movie Obviously, has yeah. some of the best scenes and lines of the entire year. Cliff, sitting with the dog as he's deciding out loud whether or not to smoke the acid-dipped cigarette, is... Like, I was sweating. He was... I I tell you what, no socks, no pants. I had nothing going on watching that. And then the very next scene is when Rick hears the muffler of the Manson family, Mm. and he goes out to yell at them. But when he goes out to yell at them, he grabs... That he's making margaritas. He grabs as he does throughout this entire yes. fucking movie. Yeah, I just love the voice over there though. A uh at roughly like 9:30 p.m., a completely drunk <laughs> Rick Dalton began making frozen margaritas. But as he he's going to go yell at them, go go outside to yell at them. He grabs the uh, the the blender jar and brings it with him as he's <laughs> like it's not like, it was like he was in he, his hand. He just, yeah. just he was like, I it's, need this to go. Yell it's at basically
1: like Rick Dalton in this movie treats uh, like his margaritas. Like we all treat cell phones in 2020. Do you have like your cell phone? You, yeah, you can't yeah. can't you literally cannot go anywhere or be like more than 10 feet away from your cell phone without feeling uncomfortable. He can't be more than 10 feet away from a margarita.
0: And then. After all the shit goes to obviously the the deaths scene, mm-hmm. um, which if you haven't seen it, a little bit of a twist. <laughs> Don't mind like while we're while we're talking about alcoholic beverages, this one's served with a twist. <laughs> this, 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 this one's served with a twist. <laughs> um, after when <laughs> Rick is after all the cops leave and everything, Rick's talking to Jay Sebring next door at the gate. Mm-hmm. And Jay Sebring's like, dude, what happened? And he's explaining, he's like, ah, oh, so, some hippies, man. They came over and they. Just undersell of the millennium. The, the <laughs> biggest undersell, yeah. yeah. And he's like, were they, were they trying to rob you? He's like, I don't know. They might have been on drugs or something. I they tried to kill my wife and my buddy. <laughs> my buddy killed two of them. I, I torched the third. And, <laughs> and Jay Sebring is just like freaking out <laughs> at this. As the story of how he is murdered is being told to him. Yeah. And he's just like, whoa, man, that's <laughs> out of sight. Like, oh, shit. And There's then he, like, so much calls, subtle humor in this yeah. movie
1: that it's amazing.
0: And then, like, the from the, uh, the intercom or whatever, you hear Sharon Tate also killed by these people. <laughs> yeah. Like... Hey, what happened? Is everything okay? And he's like, Yeah, everything's fine. Like, some people just tried to to kill uh, our next door neighbor, and but like everything's good now. And then they goes over and like they have a good time. Yeah, it's just like a blip in the radar of the, these people's yeah. lives. It's Weird very night, funny. man. Hey, nineteen nineties Hollywood. There's so crazy. many. There are so
1: many things that this movie does that are like it's so subtle, but so funny. Like uh, making uh, Bruce Lee out to be a colossal asshole was so funny.
0: That I was that received as problematic. I don't know,
1: but I, I thought th- it was hilarious. I
0: could see how it would be. It was a. I don't know much about Bruce Lee. That was the most heightened version of Bruce Lee I could imagine. But the, the, the line about, I can't fight you. My hands are registered as lethal <laughs> weapons. If we get in a fight. And then him and mansplaining you, and, manslaughter. Yeah, if we get in a fight and you die, I'd go to jail. <laughs> like, you get in a fight with anyone and they die, you go to jail. That's what manslaughter is <laughs> called. It was so good. Terrific. Uh, all the performances are awesome. Leo's really good. Brad Pitt, awesome. We had the we kicked around the, it the first time. I remember you weren't. I you, still don't really, really get it. Yeah, I
1: still don't really get it. Like but you know what, Brad.
0: Brad ca- Pitt came around to your line of thinking. He said it was the easiest role he's ever played.
1: He was like, I I basically pl- played myself. Said, I just had
0: to pop my shirt off and get high and have and women not get hate along me. with my life. Yeah, yeah. So I don't totally disagree with that. I, I if I recall correctly, your hypothesis was that all that Brad Pitt always plays Brad Pitt. Yeah. And I guess I haven't seen enough movies in my time to know whether or not that's the case. I do know he was made to play that this oh, role. A 100%. No one was going to... That was do that role dis- was
1: written for Brad Pitt. I right. guarantee it. But, like, I, I mean, I, that's not to say that Brad Pitt didn't do a good job in this role. Like, I didn't watch the movie being like, that's Brad Pitt. Right. I, I, I was, like, legitimately seeing him as uh, Cliff but, Booth. Yeah. But... Like I don't, I, I guess I just didn't understand like what everybody else saw and like the subtle things that made people go crazy over this performance. You
0: mentioned that I I also liked it way more on the second watch. Like I said, really liked it the first watch. Second watch, I was like, okay, this is a this is a classic. Um, he was so much better and so much more charming on the second watch. I remember getting a little bit of Cliff Booth fatigue after this movie came out, and everybody was like, Cliff Booth fixing the antenna dot heart or something and i was like please <laughs> would, ya, would you would just would just would you cut it out yeah but then i was watching this i was like this is a really really good scene and then i felt the way about the scene with the dog and the acid cigarette is yeah. and uh his scene with um with the 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 manson girl who oh yeah uh, yeah you're i'm not too young to fuck you but you're too old to fuck me yeah tell you what i'm too old to do Go to jail for poontang. <laughs> so good. Not Jim, what to mention, he he's like prison's been chasing me my whole life. Yep. And when it catches me, no offense, it ain't gonna be because of you. That's not a that's <laughs> not a terrible Cliff Booth I've done. No, there. I think not that's a, pretty solid. The worst right Cliff off the top of your head.
1: Yeah. Uh, I also think you got to mention the fact that Cliff Booth is a is a fit king in this movie.
0: Oh yeah. yeah I mean
1: the the yellow button down with the champion shirt. That is going to be a look. Like an all-time Hollywood look.
0: And back in the 90s when he wore that, that <laughs> yes. champion shirt, very cheap. Mm-hmm. Trying to buy put that fit together in 2020? Good luck, pal. Right. Hope you got hundos. Yeah, hope you got a. a you're an
1: American... Need, or a, what's it called? You're uh, going to
0: need SmartPak <laughs> because that thing's going to cost you Hyundai's. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: Uh, I hope you got a uh, Urban Outfitters gift card because that will cost you $95.
0: Have we discussed that there still is a cheap champion that exists it's all the same company but like you can find a shitty five dollar t-shirt that has like the c or you can get bad sweatpants that has the champion logo on it but if you want a shirt that says champion across it eight hundred dollars Yeah, it's ridiculous it's so expensive uh the the performances throughout this movie though awesome mentioned leo mentioned brad pitt margot robbie had a very important role Mm-hmm. But I think a very difficult role because so much of this, Cliff well, Booth you and Rick see, Dalton are made up.
1: You see, What's she doesn't
0: talk very much. So bad job. Then I guess I guess she's a bad actress. Exactly. You I wish Margot Robbie screamed at that asshole. <laughs> well, I don't. Well, I'm not. I don't luckily, to call that person an asshole. But that was a that was a real luckily for asshole her question. Quentin Tarantino
1: was was ready.
0: Oh, you know, he was ready to be like, okay, hey, before anyone starts <laughs> thinking anyone's an asshole, right here. I do love that that uh, that the question was for Margot
1: Robbie about not being able to talk, and Quentin Tarantino's response was cutting th- her off and not <laughs> allowing
0: her to talk. If memory serves, it was to both of them. Was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, but he, as she was asking it, he was Steaming. staring daggers <laughs> at her.
2: Yeah. Quentin, you
1: have put Margot Robbie, a, a very talented actress um, actor, in your film. She was in the Leonardo with Leonardo in Wolf of Wall Street. I Tanya, this is a you know, person with a great deal of acting talent, and yet you haven't really given her many lines in the movie. And I wondered, I guess that was a deliberate choice on your part, and I just wanted to know why that was, that we don't hear her actually speaking very much. And, uh, Margot, I wanted you to also comment about being in the film in this part. Well, I just reject your hypotheses.
2: I, like I said said earlier, I, I... I always look to the character and what the character is supposed to serve to the story. Um, I I think the moments that I got on screen gave an opportunity to honour Sharon and the lightness. I don't think it was intended to delve deeper than, like Brad also mentioned, I think the tragedy ultimately was the loss of innocence. And to really show those wonderful sides of her, I think, could be adequately done without speaking. Um, I did feel like I got a lot of time to explore the character, even without dialogue specifically, which is an interesting thing, because I often do look to the interaction with other characters to inform me on the character. Um, Rarely do I get an opportunity to spend so much time on my own as a character, going through a day-to-day existence. That was actually an interesting thing for me to do as an actor. I actually really appreciated the exercise and uh, felt that I could deliver what I wanted to on screen.
1: I mean, just the suggestion that you can't, that somebody can't have an important role without like having
2: uh,
1: X number of lines or like X number of lines more than another character. And
0: I don't begrudge somebody for noticing, for not necessarily being on the lookout, but noticing it more with. Hey, this movie stars three A-listers. Uh,
1: Two of them are male. As one fate of them would female. have it, yeah.
0: the woman had the fewest lines. Yeah. Like I, under, I understand, seeing that and taking, taking and having that takeaway. Mm-hmm. But I mean, ultimately, th- and this ties back into it. This movie was about Sharon Tate in, or Sharon Tate was like a timeline for this movie, or that she right. was kind of the setting for this movie, and, but. I want to call she it like a be plot device, in,
1: and, but she, like
0: no, bigger than that. Yeah, bigger, bigger than, than that,
1: that, but like like you mentioned she served as like the functionality to move the story
0: forward. Definitely, definitely. But the movie very intentionally kept her at arm's length. Right. So making Sharon Tate interesting and making her matter to the story, I think is actually a way bigger challenge than people might have, people could look at this and say well, Margot Robbie didn't have a lot of lines, so she just had this this little jerk off part. And I think, to the contrary, it would have been it's hard to make people invested in a character that doesn't have a lot of lines and that's really only being sort of shown from a distance. But whether it's when she goes to the movies, whether it's uh, I mean, that's just also just Charm City yeah. when she's uh, pregnant and at dinner. Like you're into all of her scenes. Also,
1: I, I do think that it, it serves as a like a, a to pique your interest especially on first watch because you know like what the the story is, you know like Sharon's Sharon Tate story and how that ends. And as you're going through the movie on first watch, at least I was, I was like where is this going? Like what what's going what's going to play out here? Like because she isn't they it's like isn't a biopic of Sharon Tate No definitely not So like it's keeping the fall her of one
0: person and then there is next door neighbor is on the rise yeah. everything right is happening for her she's kind of basking in being uh Making waves. I would. Right. She wasn't the bigger star in the it's, world, but it, she was somebody she was trending waves. up. The other
1: person trending down. And like you mentioned, they keep her at arm's length. So you like you know that something is, is going to come, and that this story is going to come to a head at some point. But you have no idea where it's going.
0: Right, and you I think should. that's interesting. like you said. Historically, you do. Right. But it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, <laughs> and I heard he there's wasn't, a twist. He's he's never been afraid to to kill Hitler. What like halfway through the movie. It was like at the end, wasn't it? Was it it at the end? I think it was at the end. I don't remember that movie very well. It was good, but I remember that was a long movie that felt long. And this was a two-hour, 40-minute movie that I didn't think about the time once.
1: No. uh, Well, I I thought about the time, but it was more in the sense, like, again, we know this is going somewhere. When's it going to happen?
0: But uh, for me,
1: the experience of this was similar to the experience of Parasite. Parasite moved a little bit faster, but a good portion of the movie is, you know, just... Go, taking you through this ride yeah. and sort of like you're just hanging out with these characters and you're you're not going you're not speeding towards a conclusion <laughs> and you definitely weren't speeding towards a conclusion in this movie but it was enjoyable the
0: entire way through now with that shitty car get a muffler <laughs> I mean, man that thing that thing hauled ass <laughs>
2: Oh, the car true. scenes when, were when pretty, my, pretty when good. My hawk
0: took off. Your, oh, uh, I was talking about uh, the, Mansons, the Manson family's car. Oh, yeah. oh, that was like a...
1: Wasn't he driving like an ice cream truck at one point in that movie? It was movie?
0: bad. I mean, the guy had a horse. There was. I do remember <laughs> the horse. Uh, other performances, Pacino, whatever. Yeah. Uh, this this is like a... If there were ever a year for you to think, is Al Pacino not that good? He was good, this good is in a, the Irishman This is a big year man. for that. He this was pretty big, good in the Irishman. Was he? Yeah. Someone on Twitter asked, "Was Pacino?" Because I, I, I was complaining about The Irishman. Probably The Irishman, and uh, I was like, "The the oh no, we talked about it. We were like, yeah, I, I don't don't begrudge the performances. They were fine, or whatever." And someone was like, "But were they? Like, was Al Pacino really good?" And then I thought about it, and I was like, "Yeah, not particularly. He didn't. I still got socks on." <laughs> okay. I still got I, socks I mean, on for Pacino. And he was fine in this, whatever. Yeah. He, he, this was this, a this was role. a nothing role. Um gotta shout out the kid, Julia Butters. Great. She was great. That was that's another performance where you might think, Oh well, she's just the she's just the, the snooty kid and she's gonna be a little know-it-all, and whatever. She knows how to read, Rick Dalton doesn't probably, and that's all she does. But really, if you think about it, and this is another on second watch thing she really, really needed to convey that she had her shit together so as to accentuate that Rick doesn't have his shit together. So as she's sitting there all... Is it prim and proper? Yeah. Prim and proper? Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was thinking and proper? It can't be that. I don't think so. Prim and pop. Yep, yep. Whatever. Prince and the popper. (laughs) She's sitting there all all pimped out and... (laughs) (laughs) um, and he's just falling apart. Yes, loved the sea. I don't know if anyone's been there before, but when he fucks up his lines and he's going, I've I've never done exactly this, but when he goes back into his trailer and he's just repeating one thing over and over again, which is bullshit. <laughs> he's so mad at himself. And he's like, "Why have you have, to have any whiskey sours?" <laughs> <laughs> this is bullshit. And he's going back and forth between yelling about why he hates himself and then just like a generic. Bullshit. Love it. I mean that that
1: scene is like the the one that stood out to me other than the big twist yeah. in this movie. I mean the tra- get your laugh together. <laughs> the trailer scene is fucking unbelievable. Uh but I also like I I forgot how good Leo played a, a hungover person in this movie. Because the scenes where, where Rick is hungover, and especially the one right before he meets the little girl, where he's like in the makeup trailer and he's just like really trying to to get his life together after like a night of margaritas and he's dunking his face in the ice bowl. And like, he's got like this entire glazed look on his face as he's being explained the character. Uh, and then like,
0: just when he's sitting next to the girl porn, this movie, yeah, it is. He, he gains. Also, this is big
1: time loogie porn. Really? Yeah, it's like a lot of like him trying to clear the phlegm out of his throat and spitting on the ground I'm not and like crazy about that. But it's like part of being hungover—you're just a disgusting mess—and he does a great job of playing a disgusting mess in the first half of this movie.
0: Well, speaking of disgusting messes, that for all you know, wraps up our episodes, our mini episodes for the Best Picture noms. We've done nine, right? That's correct. So but, what's that? I, I heard,
1: heard there's, there's a, a twist. twist.